No, not really. You are a fat piece of shit. You're listening to Epic Cheat Day with your host, Derek Strong. What I'd like to have right now is for all you fat, ugly... All right, guys, Epic Cheat Day number six. This is episode six. I'm calling this one Strong Style Returns because this is the one where I talk about the return of the Strong Style Open Mic. I'm your host, Derek Strong. I'm going to be talking about open mics in general. It's going to be a comedy-centric episode. I think I'm going to start saying stuff like that up front so that people understand what the episode's going to be about. Um, I've been running an open mic. I've been running open mics now for... Uh, about two, little over two years. Um, so that's what I have the most experience in with comedy. I actually love doing it. Uh, that's why I do it. Ask anybody who does it. It's a thankless job. Before I get into that, I want to get into our unofficial sponsors. Unofficial sponsors for this week's Epic Cheat Day. Okay. As always, White Castle. White Castle, get at me. Haven't fucked any kids. Uh, don't plan on doing it. Jared Fogle, I hope to God you're getting beaten down in prison every fucking day of your life, you little pedo fuck. Uh, what is wrong with you? I know this had to be like, and by the way, guys, there's just a little side note because we're going to get into the I Got Touched as a Kid episode when I get to the I Touch Kid as a, I Touch, Got Touched as a Kid episode. But, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's just dive into this one. You know, a lot of people point to somebody getting abused as a kid. Um, it's a reason for them to abuse other kids. Uh, I have been, and I've never had the impulse to do it. So, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Fuck that. Anyway, White Castle, get at me. Fucking those hot dog nibblers, son. You guys need to make that a permanent menu item. Those things are delicious. Uh, I like them better than the Nathan's hot dog nuggets. Uh, Nathan's were the ones who started that whole. And what a hot dog nibbler is and a hot dog nugget is basically a mini corn dog. And if you like corn dogs, like you could do a lot worse than the uh, than the White Castle, you know, hot dog nibblers. There, any nibbler they have at White Castle is good. They got the fish nibblers. They're little nuggets of fish. They are, and they give you the tartar sauce, and you just squirt the tartar sauce all over them nibblers. I still, yeah, oh, it's like a bukkake of tartar sauce. Um, big fan of Bukaki. We're going to do a Bukaki episode one week of uh, Epic Cheat Day. Uh, for my older listeners, please do not Google the term in front of your kids. That's all I care about. Don't do it. Um, then you guys will be accused of kid fucking accidentally, so don't do it. Uh, White Castle, get at me. We're gonna we're gonna be talking about the fish nibblers. Uh, they're delicious. I'm still fucked up that you guys don't have clam strips anymore. I. I, I, I'm going to ask Mike later if he fucking ever had the White Castle clam strips. If you did, your colon is not intact. See a doctor. Uh, but actually, it should be fine. It's fine. Your colon's better than fine. It's happy when you eat the White Castle clam strips. I forgot how sponsorship works and how you're supposed to talk up the product and not bemoan and talk down about the product. But White Castle, great place. Um, I'm a castler. I who I ooh a castler is that going to be? I got to find out what castle fans are. Uh, so that's why castle. Uh, Planet Fitness, obviously, I, guys, I'm at Planet Fitness all the time. 
Um, the calluses on my hands are not from chronic masturbation. They are from lifting weights at Planet Fitness. Uh, Planet Fitness keeps it fucking simple. You go in there, you get your workout on, you leave, you get your cardio nut. I'm going to keep running, get your cardio nut. Get your cardio nut at Planet Fitness. Uh, who else am I going to shout out this week? I don't know. Um, uh, I, I I think I'm just going to keep it simple with those two. Um this uh this epic cheat day the food breakdown I did I I I I started eating sugar during the last one and it's continued to this one I gotta fucking stop uh sugar is my kryptonite so let me give a breakdown one of my listeners invited me over she made some homemade she knows that I like the jalapeno cheese sliders from White Castle so she made jalapeno cheese meatloaf and coleslaw factor. Ate about two servings of each, so I'm saying it's about 1,200 calories. Uh, I had six Subway cookies. Uh, they, I got the variety of Subway cookies. Subway makes great cookies. You know, shout out to Subway. They'll be the unofficial sponsor for the week. I'm not Jared Subway. I'm not fucking. I'm, uh, but I'm not, and I'm also not eating your six-inch veggie sub. Fuck that noise. If I go into your place, it's for one reason and one reason alone. Two reasons: one to use the bathroom, two to get your cookies. Your cookies are fucking awesome. So I had six of those. That's twelve hundred calories. Uh, and then, like, I haven't had cereal in a while. When's the last time you guys ate cereal? I had cereal. I got some kids cereal. I got Frosted Krispies. I ate the whole goddamn box in two cities. 1,350 calories. Half gallon of whole milk, 1,200 calories. Uh, I did, of course, obviously have White Castle. I had the White Castle turkey and smoked cheddar sliders. Those were 808 calories for four of them. And they're, you know, non-traditional White Castle food that are in the frozen section. And they are delicious, by the way. Shout out to White Castle. Again, here's the problem I have, White Castle. The regular microwavable sliders are uh, four in a pack. I'm sorry, not four in a pack. They're six in a box. These are only four in a box. And you just take the package, you open up the package, you microwave it for a minute, your food is done. This is like you're following a fucking recipe. You have to open the package, separate the buns and the cheese, microwave the patties separately. They are thick patties. I get why there's only four in there. But come on, man. If I wanted to cook that much, I'd just cook a fucking meal. What are you doing? This is microwave food. It should be easier than that. They were pretty good, though. That said, uh... I had a Baby Ruth bar because fucking why not? Baby Ruth is delicious. Caramel, nougat, and, and uh, yeah, you know, it's fucking Baby Ruth. Who doesn't know what a Baby Ruth bar is? Uh, they're, they're, they're pretty delicious. I thought you were um, trying to lose weight. Lay off me, I'm starving. <laughs> Guys, welcome back to another installment of Derek Strong Watches Chick Flicks. The chick flick that I will be reviewing today is Failure to Launch. It came out in 2006. It was written by Tom Day, Tom J. Assel, Matt Ember. By the way, guys, caution to people who are watching movies. When you see three writer, three or more writers' name attached to a movie, that's not really a good sign. It was directed by Tom Day. stars Matthew McConaughey, Sarah Jessica Parker, Bradley Cooper, Zoe Deschanel, uh, who, a.k.a. Emily Blunt, a.k.a. fucking Katy Perry. I'm fairly certain they're all the same goddamn person. They look exactly the same to me. Rotten Tomato critic score of 24%. The audience score is 52%. I cannot agree with the Rotten Tomato critics enough. This movie was fucking hairy dog shit. 
oh my god did it suck this was dog diarrhea bad like this movie just sucked like everything about it was clunky and fucking you have matthew mcconaughey and Bradley Cooper, I, I never understood the sex appeal of Sarah Jessica Parker, but Bradley Cooper and Matthew McConaughey with their dueling eight packs, I get it. That's a lot of man meat. They're charismatic as fuck. You could have just fucking, you could have, why didn't you just have them on a treasure hunting movie and call it failure to launch? And I get it, that would be a total, totally different movie. It wouldn't be a chick flick. But what was this fucking movie? It was a mess. The whole thing was a mess. Again, I'm going to fucking blame the three writers on it. I don't even know what they were going for. Here's the gist of the movie. Matthew McConaughey lives at, lives at home with his parents, okay? And he uses this as a way for hooking up with women and for them to break up with him. Uh, uh, so he can break up with them guilt-free or for, it to make, for, for them to make the uh, decision to break up with him. Uh, he takes them back to his place, uh, and then he introduces. The, and then, by in, in one way or another, uh, she finds she meets his parents, and that's when she's like, "Oh my God, he's a 35 year old who lives at home with his parents. He's a fucking loser." And she ends up leaving, right? And he does this anytime a woman's about to get close. He actually has a fairly tragic backstory for why he lives at home with his family and why he doesn't want to make a connection with a woman. Doesn't fucking matter. The movie is just bad. It's just a bad fucking movie. Um, it just is. It just fails on all fronts. It's supposed to be a comedy. It's a rom-com. The comedy elements are, are the worst. They're the worst. They, they go for this weird physical comedy thing where he keeps getting bitten by animals. And, like, they do this awkward physical humor. It's all forced and contrived. Sarah Jessica Parker, I never understood her sex appeal, ever. I get that she was on a show called Sex in the City, but all three of the other women on that show were physically... And, I, I you know, again, I, I get that it's all, uh, it's all um, you know, subjective, but they were all physically more attractive than she was. I don't get... I just don't get it. I never got it. I never understood it. Maybe that was the point of the Carrie Bradshaw character, but, like... You know, and I liked, I watched Sex in the City when I was with my ex, uh, you know, we were together for two years. I watched it with her. I found it very enjoyable, a lot of the episodes, very well written show. I just didn't, I never got her character. I never got her character. Never. You know, I was a Charlotte fan. I was a Charlotte fan, still am a Charlotte fan. I mean, that's, that to me, she was the, uh, she was, she was the, she was the bee's knees. The bee's knees of that show. So anyway, uh, so Sarah Jessica Parker's character, okay, and this isn't a spoiler or anything, her whole character plot is she's supposed to be hired by Matthew McConaughey's parents, played by Kathy Bates, and... Oh, God, see, I, and I know the, 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 the father is a named actor, and I fucking, I don't know, I remember Kathy Bates is the mom. Anyway, they have a great cast for this fucking thing. Like, why did they sign up for this shit? Anyway, uh, she's hired by them, and she literally, her whole business, she actually has a business behind getting with guys so that she could convince them to move out of their parents' house. And, like, there's, like, a couple scenes with, like, really good comics. Like, Patton Oswalt 
has a scene with her and he's supposed to be a Star Wars fan that lives in his power parents basement which again that makes sense uh, and she gets him you know convinces him and that's when she gets caught by one of Matthew McConaughey's friends and Bradley Cooper he plays uh, one of his best friends and he also lives at home with his parents but then you find out he doesn't really live at home with his parents he just uses that as like a mailing address because he's busy going around the world and like going on adventures and stuff like that like it's God damn, like they were really trying to do that. And then like they, they're doing this whole thing with the idea in their head that, uh, you know, they're going to make him a likable character by the end. You're going to like, he's going to be sympathetic and Sarah Jessica Parker is going to feel bad for manipulating him and blah, blah, blah. You can see the plot beats a mile away. Uh, I couldn't even tell you if the money shot scene was any good. Uh, I remember it. She just starts kissing him. She never sleeps with any of her clients, but she sleeps with him because she actually falls in love with him. Who fucking cares at this point? Her best friend is Zoe Deschanel slash Emily Blunt slash Katy Perry. I'm still convinced they're the same person. They're just like a fucking like the best character actor that could slip in and out of their British accent when they need to be Emily Blunt or pop singer mode when they're Katy Perry. Um, you know, Zoe Deschanel's in it. She is the, uh, she's actually, I believe she's the first, uh, uh, and this is a character trope in movies, the Manic Pixie Dream Girl. I believe she's the first one. Um, uh, you guys could look that up for me. Uh, she plays the best friend, and she has a fucking stupid subplot in this movie that involves a mockingbird that she tries to kill for another stupid fucking, god damn this, like, don't don't watch this if you're looking for a good time. Watch it if you're just like with somebody who wants to watch a stupid goddamn movie and that's just unlikable with unlikable characters. Anyway, guys, uh, yeah, just uh, steer clear of this one. Wasn't a good time. Um, all of these character actors, Sarah Jessica Parker included, have been in better movies, um, and Zoe Deschanel is way better as Katy Perry. Have a good one. <laughs> Of you. Well, you wouldn't say that if I came with fries and a medium drink. <laughs> Don't touch any kids, guys. Epic Cheat Day Podcast, Dirk Strong. Uh, I had beef ramen, 380 calories. I had some more chocolate chip cookies from 7-Eleven, 500 calories. And I had 12 caramel coconut Oreos. These are limited edition Oreos. You know, they come up with the different flavor Oreos. They were gross. These things were fucking disgusting. Total waste of calories, 840 calories. And I haven't done the math for this week, but it's looking like I, I think I've reached the 6,000 mark, so round of applause for me. We made epic cheat day number six, truly epic. Episode six is 6,000 calories. We're going to round that off, too. And uh, the name of this episode is Strong Style Returns. So I was a bit under, uh, a bit, I'm feeling a bit fucked up. I mean, Driftwood, I loved being at Driftwood. I feel like that that was my house for an open mic, um, Again, I've been running open mics for about two and a half years, so it's I've had plenty of experiences with them, plenty of good ones, plenty of not so good ones. You know, Driftwood was kind of my home for about a year, um, so and and it was fine there. The problem is that I brought it up to the owner, uh, the idea of paying me. Now she is not the one who I made the original deal with, so I can't really hold it against her. It was with their original bartender, and she said that there wasn't going to be any pay. Um, and then she started talking about if you know that she'll think about you know paying me if enough people are buying drinks. 
And then when I brought this up to the owner, I'm like, okay, well, I know other hosts that are. And it's not a lot of hosts, by the way, who get paid for open mics. But I figure I bring steady people there. I see how much people are drinking. I should get some kind of kickback. And here's the thing. I'm probably not going to get any money from Shakers, where my open mic is now, uh, where Strong Style has triumphantly returned. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, apparently if it, if the business, if the bar does well, they will give me some kind of kickback. But even if they don't, it's fine. It's the fact that they were willing to discuss it. And she wasn't willing to discuss it. When I talked to her, she ghosted me like I sent her a dick pic. It was fucking ridiculous. So I was just like, all right, well, she doesn't want to discuss this. It's fine. I'll just take it elsewhere. I like shakers too. every, you know, Chicago comics, no shakers. It's, uh. You know, it's they do plenty of comedy shows there. They do burlesque shows. Um, you know, they run a lot of shows there every single week. That's some people think that works against them. I don't. I mean, you know, considering where it's located on a Friday night, uh, I know I'll get drop-ins for people who are uh, who have shows at Laugh Factory. And they want to get a set in before their show. Um, you know, it's closer to Durkin's than Strong Style was. Durkin's, of course, is the mic that ha- is one of the mics that happens right after me. Um, and, uh, open mic comedies. I've had, I've had to explain what an open mic is to non-comics. And here's what an open mic is. An open mic is the place for you to create and explore comedy. So it's, you go there. Exactly. You go there and you, uh, and you're trying to figure out, you know, your, your bits. You're trying to try, you're trying to find out new things, trying to find out your voice. It's the first rung on the ladder for any comic. It's what it's, it's a very necessary step in the process to figure out who you are as a comic. Um, it's one of my favorite reasons for hosting open mics is seeing people find themselves as a comic. I know that sounds pretentious as fuck, but I can't, I like it. I like seeing people develop. You know, unlike other a lot of other people who aren't supportive of other people, I love seeing it. I love seeing people find their voice. I'm still working on my own, so it's great for that. And then a show is that's where you go after you've polished up your material at mics or at home, and then you go and you perform your A-game material at shows. Uh, so, and that's why, I, I mean, to me, it's like if my comedy week has, you know, me hosting my mic, then I feel like I've successful sometimes more successful than even if I had three four shows that week I'm like all right well I got my mic in and I got my mic time in it's just something I like doing you know it's a I feel like it's the best form of expression for me as a comic is there I feel freest there it's my room I'm commanding it you know I like that aspect of it you know um I like again I like seeing people create I hear some of the best material in comedy whether even in, you know even if it's professional comedians who have been doing it for years, you know, some of the best stuff I hear is from a guy like this past week. There was a kid who went up. He started comedy in November, and I I have to, I forgot what his name was. I feel bad for that, but I hope to see him again. But I asked him how long he's been doing it for. He said November, and he definitely had the set of the night. He had the best material out of anybody there, and there was a bunch of people there that had a couple of years under their belt at least. Um, and I love seeing shit like that. I love seeing shit like that. Also, best is uh, and better in terms of comedy for non-comedians out there. It's all bullshit, okay? Because comedy is such a subjective art form. What makes you laugh is it going to make other people laugh and so on and so forth, you know? As a person who has a very distinct, unique style myself, I could say beyond a shadow of a doubt that uh, 
you know, not every, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I know that, you know, again, I don't do Pokemon card wax vaping fucking, you know, you know, you know, uh, fucking, you know, hip Logan square bar, or if New Yorkers are listening to it, Williamsburg bar humor, you know, by the way, Williamsburg is, and, and nowadays is nowhere near what Logan square is. Logan square is still for hipsters fucking hipsters cannot afford Williamsburg, Brooklyn. So I don't know where they've migrated to maybe Myrtle Ave, maybe, uh, 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 Bed Stuy, but they there's no way they're fucking affording Williamsburg anymore. They were barely affording it when I lived in New York uh, seven years ago. So, um, anyway, that being said, I'm fairly certain. Yeah, like they, you know, I mean, you know, open mics are what they are. It's uh, you know, again, it's people talk about not like doing them. You know, I mentioned it in the last episode of the podcast. It's not something I particularly look forward to doing it. When it's somebody else's, you know, but I'm a stark raving egomaniac. I mean, part of the name of, uh, of, I agree with this whole 100%. Part of the reason why I do, um, why I run an open mic, it has my name on it. It's called Strong Style. You know, I'm Derek Strong. Fuck. You know, uh, part of the me naming that is my name, but also the name of Strong Style comes from, uh, so Strong Style comes from, a pro wrestling terminology. Uh, it's a pro wrestling term that comes from Japanese pro wrestling. Strong style is an aggressive form of pro wrestling. It uh, that focuses on like more realistic looking striking maneuvers like punches and kicks and uh, submission holds. So, you know, in wrestling terminology, the term stiff comes up. And stiff in wrestling terms is when it looks like you're actually hitting the person because you actually are hitting the person. So strong style, they definitely, you know, it's just a more aggressive form. And me, I like that because my form of comedy is pretty fucking aggressive. So, you know, my form of hosting is definitely aggressive. Uh, I yell at the comics. I do. I especially when they're fucking looking at their phone and looking on Twitter and fucking messaging. people. I can't stand that because then when they go up and they perform, they're expecting people to pay attention to them and show them energy. But they didn't show anybody else. It's like, fuck you, you raging fucking egomaniac, you know, show support to the other comics there. One thing that I do as a, as a host, okay, if I laughed at the bit before, all right, and if you did a bit that made me laugh, I'm going to laugh at it every time I see you perform it, even if I have to force the laugh. Why? Because it's still funny. And a lot of people take exception at that. They're like, oh, well, I've already heard that. What, this person is supposed to come up with new material every week? That's not the way comedy works, okay? You're not going to go to a show and fucking perform something new every single time you go up to a show. Like, you can't do that. There's no way you could generate material that fast. You're going to run the same shit over and over again until it's polished, and you're going to perform that. And when comics do that, it's just like, yeah, they should get a support and acknowledgement that... Yeah, something they did, at least for me, made me laugh. I'm going to laugh at it again. You know, it's also important as if you're a host of open mics, be engaged with the fucking comics that are on stage. What are you doing having conversations in the back with your fucking friends and then going up and lackadaisically like, oh, your next comic, I don't know what his name is, uh, Steve. Learn <coughs> another tip. Sorry for coughing. Another tip. Fucking if you can't figure out the person's last name, Ask them, okay? 
I know a lot of comics have shitty handwriting, and that's kind of on them. Then you could break their balls about it. But if they have, like, a foreign name or a name that's foreign to you in particular, because what's foreign to some people ain't foreign to others, ask them how to properly pronounce their names, okay? It helps out, believe me, because it shows, A, that you're fucking, you know, you care about what it is you're doing. I mean, you're hosting a mic. Your name's on that fucking mic. People are coming. You're their first point of contact there. Some people, that's the first time that they're ever going to perform in their whole fucking life, okay? Do you really want to be the asshole? And again, I know the old guard used to be, hey, make people fucking earn their spot at a mic. Good. You could you could do it that way, okay? There's plenty of mics that are the old school, like, hard knocks, fucking break your balls, you know, and just like, oh, the one that I started out at in Philly, God, they were brutal to me. First three weeks that I went there, they put me up all the way at the end. And Philly works different than Chicago. It doesn't matter what time. And this is, I'm not saying this is for all mics in Philly, but when I was there, uh, majority of the mics that I went to were uh, run by the, the, you know, by the gatekeepers of the Philly comedy scene. I'm not knocking you guys for doing it. I mean, every scene is probably going to do it a little differently. But you sign up and then they pick the order of the mic. Okay, and they're going to put the more set. The one that I started at, which was Fergie's in Philly, the way they did it was um, they had two different mics. You show up for the first one. The first one is for the most more established comics. It's almost like a showcase. And the second one was for the newbies. They would always put me last or next to last on that one. Always. I went up three times at four, four times at Fergie's. But, you know, I could tell it was just like, all right, well, fucking this is the new this is a new guy. We got to break his balls a little bit. And I was fine with that. You know, I'm not going to run my mic like that, but that's just me. You know, I want to I want people to feel fucking welcome there, even because I'm going to yell at them more than enough times during the mic because they're going to do stupid shit that they shouldn't be doing, like having conversations with their fucking friends while comics are performing or not paying attention or fucking, you know, saying stupid shit during their set or worst of all trying to get at me during their set i have no problem with comics trying to get at me but just know the second the mic's in my hands you have relinquished control of the situation entirely that's my goddamn room son i'm putting you in your fucking place make no mistake about it don't come at me at my mic what are you fucking out of your goddamn mind that ain't no no i ain't gonna happen like that it's done there's no tag on this. Press check on Vagiclean, aisle five. I repeat, press check on Vagiclean, aisle five. That's Vagiclean. Welcome back to another edition of Five Star Customer Service. Okay, today we're going to be talking about leaving your basket on the conveyor belt and not taking your shit out and expecting for me to do that. Fuck you. Okay. Take everything out of your basket, put it on the belt, okay? Again, not your butler, okay? Not your butler, all of it. If we're going to fucking expedite this process, again, it's not your store. Take it out of the basket, put it on the belt. That's what you should be doing. You should be doing it every time you come here. I don't care if there's one product or 20 products in your basket. The basket doesn't go on the belt. The products go on the fucking belt, okay? Even if you're going to use the basket to take the products to your car doesn't matter 
Take it out of the fucking basket. Make my life easier, okay? And it's not about making my life easier. It's the fact that you're not the only customer in the fucking store. I have other customers that I have to deal with. They're going to be right behind you. And me having to fucking snatch shit out of your basket to ring up on the register takes time to do so. You guys don't think it takes time. It absolutely takes time. How do I know that it takes time? Because they measure how long it takes for me to scan items. Now, they don't do it at the current company that I'm with. The last company I'm with, they absolutely do that. And they tell you about it after every shift. Okay? So, yeah, I know exactly how much time it takes. Take the shit out of the basket, you lazy fucks. Why, what do you think this is? And by the way, if you're taking a bunch of shit out of baskets, we'll talk about bagging at a different time. But if you're taking things out and putting them back in, put them back in yourself. As I'm scanning them, if you're going to reuse the basket, take it out of the basket, wait on the other end, and put it back into the fucking basket, okay? Yes, late at night, I'm the only person there at the register, okay? I'm going to do the bagging for you most of the time. But you know what? And I'll say this. For the most part, people are cool, and they fucking bag up their own shit. We're not talking about bagging, though. We're talking about putting the basket on the conveyor belt and not emptying it out. And you know what? It's great. Just like when I went over the whole thing with the bottles, when I start laying them down, people get the message. When I start taking things out of the basket, people, for the most part, get the message that, oh, this is how it's supposed to properly be done. I just don't get how it's not fucking intuitive to already do that. Okay? Why would you think that it's on me to fucking take the shit out of the basket for you? I didn't put it in there. Did I? Did I walk? Am I your personal shopper, Derek Strong, walking with you through the fucking store, putting shit in your basket? No. So don't put the basket on the fucking belt and expect me to do anything with it. For God's sake, just take it out. Take it out of the basket. Put it on the belt. I don't care if it's 13 products. The only people who could ever clean, whoever could get me to come around the fucking counter to take shit out of their basket or carts are people who are handicapped or otherwise impaired. Okay? God damn it. Anyway, guys, thanks. This is Flaming Dragon! Okay, Flaming Dragon. Fuck face. First, take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! Woo! Yeah, I just want to apologize to the comics that I had. I had a showcase. And I knew this was going to be a train wreck. I'm terrible at producing shows. Uh, and I admit it. I don't fucking like doing it. You know, I like setting up the lineup because I know how to, to make the energy flow pretty well from comics to comic. Plus, also, like, I have a very diverse group of friends that I have. So, and not just, you know, culturally diverse, just in terms of styles, comedy styles. So, I like that in a show. So, I could do a lineup for a show. But in terms of promotion... And in terms of putting my energy behind it, I hate it. I don't fucking like doing it. Um, I don't. You know, the one exception was there was an idea that I pitched, the Laugh Factory. If it's a Laugh Factory show, you know, I'm definitely going to look for producers with more experience than me just to, because they know what they're doing. But in terms of, like, getting the line up and being the hype man for it, I'm okay with that sort of thing. Anyhow, we had a show on. I want to apologize to the comics there and to the non-comics. We actually had a few people show up just to support the show and support the new home of the mic. Uh, and that's one thing you'll notice with comedy, guys. If you ever start doing it yourself, you know, if you are an open micer that just started out, hit me up, Epic Cheat Day Podcast at Gmail. Facebook, Instagram. Tell me about your experiences with open mic comedy. Um, I want to hear about it. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, people say there are no friends in comedy. No, there aren't friends in comedy. There's family in comedy. You know, much like every family, there's family members who you get along with, and there's family members who you don't. 
And the reason why I say it as family is because you're going to bump into these people still. If you, it's a very fucking incestuous environment we live in. You're going to be, if you hook up with another comic, you're going to bump into that comic. They're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. You're going to see them again. If you have an argument with a comic, fucking 10 other comics are going to know about it. Even though there's 500, 600 active comics in Chicago alone, people talk, you know, and that's what I'm saying about the comic that dished me, you know, just professional advice, you know, yeah, I'm not paying you and no, my fucking, my little bullshit show wasn't a big show, but people, you start gaining a reputation like that, you know, people start paying attention to the way you carry yourself at shows, you know, times where I've had to step down from a show, even that day, I've apologized because, you know, hey, I'm glad for the stage time and I've tried to find somebody to replace me on the show. I didn't do it because fucking like I, you know, last minute I didn't understand something or some aspect of it. You know, there's a way to handle yourself and a way not to. Same thing with open mics, guys. There's a way to conduct yourself and a way not to. Okay, you're not the only person on the show understand or on the mic. Understand that. Understand that everybody's time is valuable, not just yours. When you're having conversations in the back, it's not far enough back that people can't hear you. People can hear you. You're going to interrupt their set, and what are you talking about? Nothing. Nothing Nothing you're talking about is more important than that person's time, just like nothing they're saying is more important than your time. If it's that important, step the fuck outside, okay? That's just common courtesy. And me, even though I've run them, I've run a mic, and even though sometimes I'm guilty of these same fucking things too, at the end of the day, guess what? My fucking mic. It's my mic that I'm running. You know? And for a host, yeah, it's just I'm maintaining energy for two to two and a half hours of my time that I most likely am not going to get paid for. Yeah, I'm going to conduct myself, you know, in various ways throughout the whole entire time that I'm there. You, you have the standard, the, the standard for most open mics. If you're done with your set, it's to stay for at least two comics. That's just common courtesy. Okay. You know, but nobody's going to begrudge you if you have to leave or get somebody somewhere else, you know, but that being said, I fucking pay attention during that time a little bit, just a little bit. You know, if you have to talk to somebody, step outside with them, unless it's a brief little back and forth thing. I question like, oh, I'm leaving, blah, 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 whatever. But yeah, everybody's time is important. You know, I don't care how many years you've been doing it or whatever. You're not special. I had a guy who was a veteran comic come into my mic and this person, like if they come into the mic, they could by all means sign up. They will never, ever get a reserve spot for me. I'm not going to shout them out. They're never going to get a reserve spot for me. They're never going to get a bump for me. A bump, by the way, a reserve spot is exactly what it sounds like for the non-comedians out there. It's when somebody contacts a host ahead of time and asks them to put their name in on the list without actually having to wait online to sign up like everybody else. That's a reserve spot. And a bump is when a comic drops in and uh, asks the host to just put them in because they have someplace else to get to. Usually you reserve that for veteran comics. I tend to not like doing bumps. If I do, then I offer the comedian who I bumped a reserve the following week. Because, again, that's kind of a dick move. I've been bumped before. Everybody's been bumped. Uh, but there's one comic who he came in. He, you know, he asked for a bump and he didn't tell me he was leaving. Guys, if you're going to leave the mic and sign up, you know, or your name's on the list from reserve, tell the fucking host that you're leaving. Who are you? Who are you? If you're at an open mic, you're not a big enough comic to be fucking doing shit like this. Who the fuck are you? You're fucking nobody. You're going to be nobody. And just like, you know, 
fucking just just chill out man show some goddamn respect anyhow the whole point of this podcast is fucking it was to tell you guys about open mic comedy you know strong style has returned it's friday night at shakers on clark uh look it up um i'm gonna tell you guys the address right now i don't have like a sign to memory because again we're still new there even though i know shakers i should probably have their address on my mind anyway it's every week at shakers it's at 3160 North Clark Street in Chicago. Friday, 5.30 sign up, 6 o'clock mic. Um, yeah, it's uh, comics get four minutes. Uh, sometimes, you know, if it's comics that I like or I know, I'll, I'll offer them extra time. Um, you know, reserve spots for people who, again, I know. Um, you know, but get to know me. Come on down and uh, try your end of comedy. Thanks a lot, guys. Mike, we're good.